Hello, brother. Can you hear me? I can. It's on the browser. Uh, so, but whatever. All right. Fantastic. So, uh, before we go ahead and jump into the conversation for today, obviously I'm going to tell my, uh, my listeners that, uh, I ask that you treat my guest with respect, uh, with any questions you may ask, um, in the future regarding him that we can come back to in a future podcast episode. Um, and also I'd like to give my guest the chance to introduce himself if he so wishes. And I also want to make it clear to you, brother, that if you choose or wish to remain anonymous, you can, but I don't expect you to because, you know, uh, we, we all know who, who you are. Um, so yeah, uh, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, uh, where you're from, what your background is, et cetera. All right. Uh, so my, my stage name is Kenneth Brooks. Uh, I was, my middle name is Kenneth. I was listening to Garth Brooks when I came up for it, came up with it. Um, I'm a U.S. Navy veteran, uh, TikTok influencer, whatever. That feels really gross to say. Um, I do volunteer work with the riots and the disasters. And uh, in my free time, I'm a contract ranch hand and uh, professional drunk. Fantastic. So uh, as most of my listeners know, I do not lean one way. I don't, I'm not right wing. I'm not left wing. I'm libertarian. Do you mind, and and you're not judged either way, Ken, uh, but do you mind sharing uh, what your political stance is or what you identify as, or if you identify as nothing or, you know, kind of give us some idea of, of where you stand politically? That's a very good question. And it's one I, I often find difficult to answer. Um, call her back. Sorry, phone call. Um, but yeah, um, you know, it's, it's, I would say I'm a libertarian. I live probably in a way that most would consider conservative. I hold conservative values, but then I also have too many points. I believe too many things I believe in we'd consider to be leftist to really call myself a right winger, you know? Yeah. And you probably have too many conservative viewpoints to call yourself a left winger. (laughs) Absolutely. Fantastic. So, so Kenneth, as you know, uh, you are one of the few and, and to my listeners, one of the topics we're going to discuss today is a very, uh, crazy idea, uh, behind the movement, uh, called the Boogaloo. And I don't know if I'll be banned for this on Spotify or not. Um, but, uh, Kenneth, uh, my guest that's on today, me and him do not see eye to eye on some things. We disagree on some things. We agree on some things also. And my listeners, you're not going to agree with us on some things, but I ask that you lend us an open ear, uh, and, and be sure to share this with your friends. So it creates a, a new, uh, a new line of, of, uh, information that you can maybe glean from. And Kenneth is someone from the Boogaloo movement who knows me better, uh, than many who are in, um, and one of the few that has uh, be- literally lived with me for over a month yeah. at one point. And so I want to say, Kenneth, it's, it's an honor. Um, it's an honor to have you on here. Uh, and I thank you for coming on. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and and jump into it. So you stated that, you know, you have some uh, – you do some, some help with protests and, and national disasters. And I've witnessed this myself. I've seen it personally, so I can vouch for you on that. When it comes to what the Boogaloo 
was intended to be in, say, 2020. Uh, at the height of its existence, when it was really catching steam and going everywhere, compared to where it is today, do you think it's better today or worse than it worse than it's ever been? I think we're in a bad spot, and uh, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm not trying to make this a personal thing, and if anyone feels called out by this, well, you you maybe should be, but this isn't me directed at anyone in particular. Originally. Well, let me explain why first. We have gone from this collective of professionals, right? At one point, everyone I knew in this had training. They had experience. Most of us at one point, I'd say 70, maybe 80% of us were veterans. And then 40% of them were combat vets, you know, or at least been in a combat arms MOS. Um, you had guys that could be ready and did think ahead and were smart about things and understood discretion and knew, you know, Hey man, I mean, I like a little beer at the end of the day, but let's not get messed up to where we can't function if we have to. Right. You know? Um, and and it, it, it's at a point now it's, it's, it's almost like, I hate to say it, especially publicly, but I have to, it's almost like a social club, you know, where all we do is sit around BSing and, and nothing gets done. We don't do any, we used to do charity. Like a lot of people don't know that most of it was like outreach stuff, coat drives, food drives, you know? Um, and, 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 you know, I still do a lot of that, but. No, I, I've, I've seen it with my own eyes and obviously it's hard for me to, to speak on the subject due to the fact that uh, 40 to 50% of the Boogaloo wannabe Redditors and tweeters, um, you know, outed me as a federal informant uh, over the situation in, in Bangor, Maine. But I've had to look at this and think um, it hurts. It hurts to see. I I was part of a movement. I was part of this movement in 2020, and I gave everything. My I, I gave. I lost my job for it. Um, my face was plastered everywhere. My social life, as far as friends is practically ruined when it comes to trying to make new friends because someone ultimately Googles me and they don't take the time of day to ask about my point of views. They just see what the media has said, you know, in the word Boogaloo, I, I, I sacrificed everything short of my actual life for the movement and to see it come to the point where it is now, regardless of my current disgust for it, it still hurts. It hurts to see people. I, I see no protest. I see no breaking the law. I see no community, uh, community help. And someone threw in my face a little while back that, well, there's a reason for that. It's because, you, you know, you're, you're a federal informant and, and we don't want to show you those things, but I'm still not seeing it. I'm not seeing any publicity for the movement. I'm not seeing any, uh, uh, any actual training going on. You have a few people here and there, and I'll throw in a plug, uh, for one of them. I, I do not like him as an individual. Um, but he goes by the name of, uh, I think, Trent DeJenkins or something like that. I, I can't remember how, what he goes by on Twitter, um, but he's actually training and he's helping people understand uh, certain aspects. Uh, and I completely support that. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him. I do not like him. I do not like him as a person at all, but I'm happy he's doing something. The rest of the Boogaloo movement, the majority of them are just sitting around with a thumb in their tail and whining and crying about, you know, the government, but they're not willing to do anything now 
unlike when me and you were a a huge part, an influential part of the movement, does this make you, does it hurt you? Does it make you angry? Does it make you sad? What type of feelings do you feel towards this? So it absolutely does. And and a lot of it, you know, for one, it's not just a personal thing. Because, I mean, you're going to get your feelings hurt, bro. You know, it's you're going to lose friends. You're going to mess around with some girl and get your feelings hurt. That's life, not just the boob, you know. And as an yep. aside, for our listeners, if you're in this or trying to be, I really avoid dipping the pin in company ink, but that's for a whole nother podcast. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, no, they'll leverage you like that, bro. Opposition will, will, will fuck with you. Sorry. I'm so sorry. We'll mess with you. Let me start over so you can edit that out. The opposition will mess with you. Uh, you're okay. I'm not going to edit it out. Just uh, like, like I said, let's just uh, yeah. try to keep our profanity to a minimum. But please, yes, sorry, I, I, I agree completely. But so here's why. Let me explain. I wanted to talk about this because I, I have this conversation about once a week. Um, and, you know, I love you to death. It's not that you're it's not just that you're a friend of mine and that's it's the right thing to do to stick up for you. Right. It's that. I think wholeheartedly that everything that went on with you and people smearing you now is a psyop. And I think that was done on purpose because you had you were in a position where you could unify. Where people could rally behind you and that was something we needed and ever since then ever since all that went down and not through any fault of your own in my opinion people have started you know saying that you're this and that and the other and that has caused such a ripple it has completely scattered us to the wind everyone i've 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 thought about it from that aspect but it's been hard to say anything because for one i've been banned completely everywhere and two um Regardless of what people think, I do not enjoy tooting my own horn, or, or as as the saying goes. I don't enjoy saying, hey, look at me. I publicize my marches and my events so I wouldn't get myself killed in the street and nobody remember my name or know who I was or not know who I was and not know what I stood for. I publicized it so that I could keep some form of accountability in a way. And right. looking back – uh, this man, David James Phillips, and I'll say his name clearly. Um, I, I've got the documents on it that was sent to me by a uh, news reporter who, who is a uh, an acquaintance of mine, where he signed a complete disclosure agreement with the federal government, um, a cooperation agreement with the federal government. When he was arrested due to me snitching on him. And I, I said that 100% with no shame. I, 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 I'm able to sleep at night. He wanted to bomb a hospital. I do not regret it at all. I'd rather do that and make cops do what they're supposed to do than have killed him and t- taken 15 years. But when he was arrested, I know what he had in his possession when he was arrested. And while I do not agree with him being charged with anything that he currently owned, the fact that he was taken with multiple items that would have given me 30 years in prison without prior convictions. He has 54 prior convictions on his record. He gets taken with these items. He walks off with a charge for 200 rounds of ammunition as a felon, as a violent felon, 200 rounds of ammunition. He gets out in 10 months. He signs a cooperation agreement, a complete cooperation agreement. Two other people are arrested in connection to him. And I'm the one that lost my voice in the movement. And I called it that night when I called it over to Marcus Therese. I said, 
and I don't mind saying these names because they've said them themselves and, and broadcasted themselves. I, I, I said, this is going to ruin. I'm done. It's going to make me out to look to be a fed since that night, since that, that moment, uh, my voice is gone in the Boogaloo movement, which is okay with me because of what it's become, but my voice is gone and I have not seen the movement have any type of sincere drive to actually protesting. And it's nothing like the summer of 2020 was when you were down uh, in the state, you were in protesting. the Michigan boys were turning up. Wisconsin was turning up. Virginia was extremely turning up, even to the point where they made it illegal to carry in our capital. And we went and did it anyways. Like we broke the law right there in front of the cameras. And I haven't seen that happen since all of this hit the fan. Everybody's been quiet. There's been maybe one or two protests, um, nothing major. And instead they gather on Twitter and they cry and whine and wherever else they may be. Well, and it, it hurts more than anything, to be honest with you. It does. And so I'm going to say this, right? Cause this is a conversation I have a lot. Um, you know, at the time I think you might've been, you weren't even 20. You might've been 19 when that happened. And you know, I'm not, I'm not, what I'm getting at is, what is a 19 year old kid? No offense. Cause you're, you know, what is a 19 year old young man, right. In that position supposed to do the way I look yeah. at it, you had options. Okay. You could let it happen. Uh, cause you sure as hell weren't going to go sure. Sure. We're going to go along with it. I mean, obviously you're a good, yep. fucking dude. good. I'm so sorry. Anyway, yeah, right. <laughs> um, you're a good dude. I know, you know, I mean, you're not a, you're not a psychopath, right? Correct. Uh, you, could let it happen and let it haunt you the rest of your life and probably be considered an accomplice because you knew you could catch a murder charge at 19 years old, even though I wouldn't have, you know, I don't think anybody would have thought you were in the wrong, but you would have gone to prison for a, you would have done some time, you know, uh, or you could have done what you did, right? You didn't have a good option. I had, you know, I had some guns stolen about a month ago and I found out that the guy, one of the guys that was involved uh, was a good friend of mine. Um, so that found that out this morning. So obviously I have firearms stolen and some of these are family heirlooms and, you know, plate carriers, a rifle scope, five guns. What other option do I really have to ever get my stuff back and make sure I'm not implicated in a crime later than calling the law? I don't. Uh, now I've, I've got a question now is, you know, this guy's been a friend of mine and he said that he bought them from a guy, but he knew these were mine. You know, yeah. he knew I was looking. Well, for let him. me let me let me cut in there real quick, because I do want to make a quick point is mm -hmm. you, your question was, what other option do you have? And that's where the the current movement and I'm going to quit using the B word on here. I'm going to yeah. just try to say the movement, but that's where the current movement is failing. They're failing to differentiate between reality. And a dream they're, they're failing to make that that difference, they're failing to understand that there is a, a real world that we live in and real decisions that we have to make. And then there's Monday morning quarterback football, football quarterback or whatever the saying is, yeah. but there's, there's Monday morning when you're, when you're looking back and you're saying, well, you should have done it this way on Sunday. And uh, in a dream world, we could deal out our own form of justice and be done. And, and we can't do that. We cannot do that. And so what other recourse do you have in these situations? You're right. And you mentioned earlier, breaking the law so civil disobedience is part of a protest i'm 100 behind right um yeah. 
I tell guys all the time, you know, hey, if you're like I'm out here, you know, I'm still trying to do this with getting our ideas out there. You know, I have a target on my back because of that. Um, now, lately, the last couple of years, every time I've had to interact with a cop, I, I don't know that they know who I am. But I've even if they, they have, they've really been nothing but nothing but outright friendly. But that, I'm also interacting exclusively with small town sheriff's offices. But what I'm getting at is, you know, hey, man, if people know who you are, right, if you've maybe already had a visit from somebody in a suit or a friend of yours got picked up or whatever, you know, you've been on the news. Don't ride around with drugs in the car. Don't ride yeah. around with an car. Uh, Don't do stupid things. Yeah. Discretion. No. Win- oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. About that. No, it's fine. Uh, sometimes it cuts off the recording and we'll just stitch it together. But you were saying, you know, basically, if, if you're an owner, you've been out there. Don't ride around with drugs in the car. Don't do something stupid. Yeah. I mean, don't, you know, even to another, don't get in an argument with your wife that's going to get heated. You know, don't get in a bar fight. Uh, I mean, I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm just saying you're not doing any of us any good, rotten in jail or dead. You know, um, I think originally, you know, I mean, I was around when the boobs, when the movement first started off as like memes and jokes on Facebook. I ran a huge Facebook page that's no longer around. And what it originally meant was the end, like the Cali Yuga, baby. You know what I mean? Um, And I know we're not all doomsday preppers, but I mean, if if there is a societal collapse, a breakdown of infrastructure and the rule of law, then that's basically going to be the same scenario practically like as far as anyone's concerned so when that time comes and i believe it will just me and you know i'm i'm not one of these nut jobs that like yeah i lived in montana but i didn't live in like a compound or like an old missile silo right like i'm a normal guy i live a normal life i just think i see the writing on the wall i hope i I hope i am when that time comes what good is someone going to do me sitting in prison or dead you know what good can i do anyone else if i'm okay you know i go get shot and i'm laid up somewhere missing a leg or i'm dead you know so just don't be dumb and think ahead like we're playing the long game here you know and what do you what do you think about the influx of well two types of people into the boogaloo movement one started about a year ago heavy influx of of communists and and anarcho-communist, which is a self-contradiction, and we can jump into that later. And then, like, the Boogaloo Boogaloo babes, the Boogaloo bunnies, the ones who are pushing themselves around for the clout or the attention while, you know, showing off a weapon or something. What what, what are your thoughts about these two types of people that have practically ruined the Boogaloo movement? So, in in sequential order, I'll say that obviously the commies are a problem, and if some of my anarcho leftist friends out there, you don't have to take this personally. I'm not necessarily talking about you. Um, the problem is when, okay, we, not all of us are anarchists, right? Um, I wouldn't consider myself an anarchist. I think communities have the right to self-govern. Absolutely. But how are you going to say you're one of us and then turn around and say that like, okay, this is going to sound kind of weird, but I know you'll understand at least hate speech should be a crime. How can you say that and then also say you believe in absolute freedom? No, I. And so one of the, one of the things that I find funny about anarchist communists um, is and, and they're very prevalent in the movement is the fact that I'll ask every one of them. OK, so on a commune, you have 20 people. Everybody has to work. Everybody has to provide and everybody takes. What happens when one person stops working and starts only taking and they respond? Well, 
then he has to be or they have to be kicked out of the community. And I'm like, well, who makes that decision? They say the other 19 members of the community. I'm like, okay, so that means that you have a set of rules to live by, laws, regulations. Those 19 other people then become a governing body, which is a direct contradiction of anarchy, which the literal definition is um, basically non-recognition of authority or laws. Uh, and it's just it's, – it's completely uh, self-contradictory. Right. And as I was saying, you know, the first time someone makes a racially charged comment to me is the last time we ever talk. Right. Yeah. I don't want this to sound like I'm saying that's okay or something I tolerate, but I'm not, I also can't come out here and from an ideological consistency standpoint, say that I think it should be illegal that we should have a body of, of people an entity that will punish you for words coming out of your mouth or thoughts you have, you know, and that's the problem is that it's an up, somehow an upward slippery slope into authoritarianism with these guys. And, you know, I also have the right to choose who I associate with. And so I have the right. If someone has those behavior I find undesirable, I don't associate with him. I'm not going to go if it, let's say they make racism illegal tomorrow in the United States. I'm not going to go call the cops on someone for saying a, a slur, but I'm also not going to associate with him either. And that's Correct. a huge thing. I had some girl uh, uh, in, a, in a group chat I was in about a month ago saying that if if she was sitting at dinner with someone, I think they were talking about a meetup. I don't know. But if she was sitting at a, at a diner with somebody and they made a like a, a transphobic or a racial remark, she was going to punch him in the throat. Well, OK, so uh, what happened to being an anarchist? You're going to react with violence and punish this person violently for expressing a thought whether or not you agree with it right you do not belong here ultimately but once again, once again it, it it solely highlights the fact that the majority of people left wing right wing uh, uh libertarians it, it really highlights the fact that everybody is only okay with their ideals their beliefs and and when they talk about freedom and liberty they only mean for it to apply to them they don't actually mean for it to apply to somebody else a, a tyrant always speaks of liberty you know, for themselves anyway. Um, as far as the boob bunnies. Um, so a lot of, I'm not going to say that every female in this is bad. That's not at all what I'm getting at. Okay. That I don't want anyone to think that this is at all saying that, you know, women aren't welcome. We're not a boys club like some other people who have been in the news recently. Right. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about? This is not yeah, a boys club. All are, all are welcome. You know, come as you are. Uh, well, mostly, um, more on that later. Uh, a lot of these, okay. They're at, at best they're after you for clout. Um, it's happened to me. I've had girls, you know, start relationships with me and find out I'm actually a person. I'm not always this mean looking dude with a Colt AR on the streets of Austin, or, you know, I'm not always this guy in the, in the, the ballistic helmet and the plate carrier, like pulling people out of wrecked houses after a hurricane, like I'm a person. I have problems. And so at best, you're setting yourself up for heartache. Uh, and we're not in a spot where you need any more. Any one of us needs any more mental load to bear. At worst, like they're they're informants or infiltrators and they're trying to leverage you. You know, be careful if you're going to, you know, you're going to hook up with one of these girls. And I get because most of these guys are kids. I mean, hell, I'm only 26. You know, I like I like sex. Well, you know, nothing wrong with that. What happens when you're pillow talking and you're in the afterglow 
and all that blood is rushing back to your brain. You know what? I'm not trying to get too graphic, but men talk when they're, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what's going to happen when you let something slip you shouldn't have to the wrong person because you slept with her? And you know what? This isn't even solely a female thing. There are probably dudes that would do this too. I just, we're mostly, most of us are male, you know, um, and it's, but it, it's, it's a vice, it's, it's, it's a vice versa thing. It can be either or, uh, regardless of what gender you are, uh, as a member or as a part of the movement or any type of resistance group is to, to number one, exercise, uh, carefulness, be freaking careful. Yeah. And I would say I'm not, it's, it's kind of like why we don't, uh, we don't mess around with our coworkers generally, right? Like, okay, you work at Dairy Queen, no one cares. But if I worked for a fortune 500 company, I would never have anything with someone that worked in my office. Um, so correct because you're not going to even take the chance of jeopardizing uh, your existence in that company, and you're not going to run the chance of someone lying about you. I I made the mistake when I was uh, getting to be well known. I had several females, some of which still you know go around doing their talk. I had several several females that were talking to me at the time, and. Uh, after, after things came to light and I was, uh, apparently exposed as a federal informant, um, allegedly, uh, these certain females, uh, were then saying, you know, basically like I had solicited them or I had come after them, you know, and looking back, if I ever get involved into a movement again and become, uh, anything even close to what I was or even bigger, uh, my goal is to keep myself detached from any type of relationship with those around me. And I encourage, well, I, I really encourage people to do that. And I don't believe that for one minute because I've lived with you and you're afraid of women, but um, <laughs> I am too. It's okay. Uh, like it's hard. You've been to the bar with me. It's hard for me to talk to women at a bar, dude. Like, but, um, and I'm like, I'm charismatic and you know what I'm saying? Anyway, sidebar. Um, <laughs> well, that's, I know it's hard because you've got, okay, you have someone that understands, gets your viewpoint. And like the guys that are in this seriously, this becomes your entire life, right? And it has to, or you're not, you know, I'm not saying don't care about your family, don't care about your job, but I'm saying this becomes your thing, right? If, right. if you get deep enough into it and you have someone that gets that, finally, how do you not fall in love with that person? How do you not get feelings for them? How do you not have that attachment? Well, the other side, whether it's political opposition, you know who, you know what I'm saying? They know that. They, there are people that have gone to college to learn how to manipulate each other for this explicit reason. Be careful, right? Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, man, you know, I'm, I'm newly single. Uh, I get it. I'm on a rebound. I've been there, right? Um, I didn't mean, I didn't mean for this to become to be like a, like a, like a, a love advice podcast, but okay. Whatever. It's, a, it's, it's a free flow, free flowing podcast. And this is one of what we're discussing right now is a prevalent issue among many people in the Boogaloo movement. It's uh, and every day with me being out of the movement, I still have hundreds of people who message me every day uh, with uh, they were talking to this person or they are in this group or here's a screenshot, blah, blah, blah. And it's always the same drama about male, female baloney. And so please continue because I think this is what some of the listeners need to hear. I'm, I'm saying, you know, I know no one's going to listen to me when I say, Hey, don't mess with other, with, with like other people in the movement. 
Um, so I'm not going to bother saying that. I'm going to say be careful and know what you're getting into and know what you're at risk for. Uh, and that, you know, you need to, people that uh, that get close to you, you need to keep an eye on. I'm not saying be paranoid. I'm, I'm saying that people you're close with, um, that's great. You know, the best friends I've ever had are guys I know through this. But I'll say that you need to be careful who you allow to come into your your personal bubble, right? Because, um, like, admittedly, like, Mike, when I met you, man, you know, I, I we talked on Facebook. We had talked a lot. I still didn't know you from Adam, right? Yeah, and, and, and see, that's another point I want to make is everybody becomes so comfortable with these people that they've been friends with online for two years but know nothing about them. And I tell people that if you haven't met them, if you haven't met their, like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Did you ever meet my mom? No, I, I, I never had, had a chance. I think you talked on the phone to her once. I did. You know, you, you know, my wife, you talked yes. to my mom, you knew where I lived. Yep. If, if someone's not comfortable with you being around, if you've never met their family and I, I'm, I know I just said, be careful who you let in. But also, if someone isn't okay with you meeting their parents or their significant other or even their kids or they're, you know, coming by the house for a beer, that's someone I keep an eye on. Because if you're going to are you planning on someday sharing a fighting hole with me and you're going to, you know, but you're not okay with me coming over for a beer and a hamburger. Right. If if you're not truly comfortable with someone having your personal address and someone coming to your house and being around your family, then you have no business being comfortable with them uh, in any type of manner online when it comes to discussions of any type of armed uh, resistance or protest against government. Point blank, period. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I don't give out my real name online. And that's not because I'm worried. You know, the the people that they already know who I am. Uh, You know what it's like for you to get on an airplane. We, We just talked about that recently. Um, it's, 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 it's random people that, uh, want to make a Ken trench coat. I've dealt with that before. I've had people come by the house, uh, because they knew my real name, found out where I lived. I've had people, you know, call my phone to like, like messing with me at like two in the morning when I had work the next day, you need to be like, be careful about who you're sharing. I I think one of the funniest things I experienced after, uh, you know, getting out of the boogaloo movement was the fact that everybody freaked out when they learned my name was Kenneth and not Mike, which my, my, my entire name, and I don't mind sharing it because everybody knows who I am, but my entire name is Kenneth Michael Dunn. And I have gone by Mike or Michael since I was born, since literally the day I was born, they called me Michael. And people acted like it was such a revelation. Oh, his actual name is Kenneth. Ha <laughs> ha. Quotation mark, Mike Dunn. But like, I just never felt the need to give out my entire government name to a whole internet existence. So then everything could be pulled up on me with my address and my home to people that I'm not comfortable with. I, I was never comfortable with sharing my home address with, you know, I, the, when I attend to protest, I attend to protest with people who have been to my home. They've seen my house. They've met my family. They've been to my town. That's the people I went to a protest with. I mean, dude, the guys that I rode to Austin with that year, Hey, Sorry, my dog's barking. There's a guy. Um, if you did, if you didn't know, I'm on the side of the road in my truck until tomorrow. So, um, but the guys that picked me up to go down there came to my house. They met my mom. They met my stepfather. You know, my, my stepdad uh, talked to him about AKs. He's a big AK guy, and one of them had a really cool Romanian AK. He looked at, you know, and he almost bought it. Um, but like the guys you're gonna be around in person, because like on the internet, what are they gonna do? You know. 
Like you, you're not going to come get me through TikTok or Facebook. <laughs> guys are not in person. You need to know a little bit about. You know, you need to have an idea what they're what's going on with them, um, because those are the guys that can get you. So, God, I wish this guy would leave. Um, at the same time, uh, at the same time, you know, be careful who you let in. I mean, like I said earlier, one of my closest friends in the world, I found out this morning, hauled a bunch of my stuff that had been stolen into the pawn shop. You know, one of the guys that was trying to help me sort this out and find out who who had it. And mm. I mean, this guy's been to my house. He knows my wife. Uh, you know, he knows my real name. You think you know a guy. So be careful. But also, if someone is being, if you've been around a guy and you've been talking for a while, and especially they're talking about stuff you wouldn't say in front of a judge, you need to know a little bit about him before you trust him completely. So, and 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 on that note, never trust him completely. Never trust anybody completely. But that brings me to the next part of this conversation when we were talking about. You know, in, in, when we initiated this conversation, the state of the boogaloo, one of the things is you have to find a balance between not trusting anybody completely, but then also not going around screaming fed and glowy at everybody who chooses to stand up and speak. You know, you can't always make. You can't always make moves in silence. You can't always be quiet. And when you start speaking and you speak things that are uncomfortable for people to hear, you are going to do, as they call glow. You are going to glow like a fed. And so there needs to be a balance. People need to find a balance between saying everybody's a fed or not trusting everybody completely. So I'll tell you this, uh, informants, you know, UCs, CIs, they're not people that have tens of thousands of TikTok followers. They're not people that are getting their picture taken with their face in it at a protest. They're people that are kind of always around and they don't really nobody, seem to do Nobody really knows who they are, where they're from or what, what they're doing, you know, but they're there and they're listening. And, and if they're not that, and, and a lot of these guys are probably what I would like, probably political opposition. Um, the guys that are always starting arguments, right. That are always, always have something to say and always want to pick fights and, and, you know, start problems. Those guys are typically, if, if they're not just a-holes to begin with, and that's possible too, but a lot of those guys are political opposition. You know, um, these dudes that come into these groups and they start dropping, you know, uh, uh, slurs. Controversial, and, controversial issues and subjects and starting them are there to cause division. They are not there to yeah. make you think harder. And I'm going to name, I'm going to name one person and I don't care what you think about him. I don't care what anyone thinks about him. I'm going to name what he goes by online anyways, but someone like Tommy Payne and people of this nature in these group chats that go around and everything out of their mouth in these group chats is a controversy to what somebody else has said or what somebody else has done, that's an issue. That person is an issue. And either they're there because they're just a jerk, as you were saying, or they're there because they've been put there to sow discord. I believe it was, was it, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Ken, but was it 2019 or 2020 where the FBI released a document about how they were going to start putting people in groups to cause division? Yes, yes, and... Everyone seems to have forgotten that. And I've forgotten a lot of the details, I'll admit, but I do remember that. And that's why, like, I'm not in these groups on these apps, right? I'm not in these groups. Like, if, if I don't know you personally, you don't live within a half hour of my home, we're not in a group chat together. We might talk, but we're not in there having group discussions and, 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 you know, we're not, we're not, you know what I'm saying? 
No, you're, so, you're, you're right. And I want to throw in a disclaimer here real quick while we're in the middle of this conversation. Uh, for all of my listeners, for, for Spotify, I am not a member of the Boogaloo movement. I am not currently a part of any movement. I am just a, a podcast host who happens to like discussions and asking uncomfortable questions and talking about uncomfortable uh, conversations and things that we must have every day. Uh, Ken's point of views may not match mine. They may disagree with me. They may agree with me and vice versa, but I do not speak for him. He does not speak for me. Uh, but I, I just really want to encourage everybody to just listen to this. You may think, Oh, this is a bunch of, I don't want to listen to this. I don't want to listen to that. It's just a bunch of talking or ranting, but there may be something in here you can learn from all of this. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Right. I mean, I, uh, I was listening to you and Blake yesterday when my truck broke down. So I think it was your fault. Um, but, <laughs> I, uh, you know, the way I look at it now, I don't know that I'm going to do a protest again. I don't know what good it's doing. I don't know that I can trust the people around me not to go start problems and get me or someone else hurt for no reason. And, well, you know, as, far as, thing, as far as the protests go, the good – the protests were never meant – at least from my point of view, they were not meant to change anything. They were meant to show and showcase and spotlight utter disgust and rebellion. Um, but I do understand what you're saying. And that's, that's another thing, you know, our message was sent and I think we in a way got the point across in some places, other places. I don't know that it did. Um, you know, a, a lot of it, I'll come back to that when I lost the train of thought. Um, but that's, that's the thing. Like when we have all these people standing around with guns and that's your, you know, that's a big, that's one of my biggest things. I didn't get to make lobby day. Um, that was kind of, I, you know, I lived in Virginia for a little bit. I was stationed out there. Um, yeah. I didn't get to make lobby day just cause it didn't work out that way. And you know, hey, I had be, be, be happy. Be happy you didn't make lobby day because 30,000 people showed up and chanted, we will not comply. And the following year, me, my group of guys and the black new black Panther party of Virginia and BLM 757 were the only people to show up armed uh, yep. because of the new law banning open carry there. So be glad that you weren't a part of the, uh, um, the cowards that took a supposed stand that day being law-abiding citizens yeah and believe me um you know again be smart about it but there are going to be times if you're really committed to this you're going to have to do things that are going to make you uncomfortable uh you may have to break the law and you know look at the you know the when we do the hurricanes right um right which i think is a, a sidebar but it's a huge deal because it's on the ground experience doing something in a similar environment as to what we may be facing someday and it is the right thing to do. And it shows people that we are good guys. Um, what do you, you know, do you think I'm worried about curfew when I've got a malnourished infant that's got an infection, needs antibiotics and baby formula, you know, two counties away and the whole state's under an eight o'clock curfew, you know, I, right. no, I don't. And in that particular instance, uh, the guys I was with did, and they were tired and, you know, it was, I didn't really, I like. Again, another sidebar to this one, we try not to go anywhere if we're not at least in pairs, buddy system and all that, but I couldn't get anyone to go with me. So I loaded the truck up with water and baby formula and canned food and antibiotics. And I got over there and did the job, you know? And I mean, I, I, I there was a state troopers bear, uh, blockade on the highway. I think it was I-10 going out of New Orleans into Houston. Is it 10 or 10? 
And they said, what's your business? I said, I got a sick kid. And, you know, I'm in a uniform. I'm, I'm in a, you know, I'm in BDUs with a boonie. I look scary and I've got a truck full of stuff. So they let me buy. And, you know, the next blockade I came across the next county, I went right around them and waved. Never had a problem. Well, I'm breaking the law. You know, that's illegal. Uh, they should have turned me around or arrested me, according to their boss. But, I, you know, you think I never had to go down a one way street the wrong way. And it's stuff like that guys are afraid of doing literally, you know, um, but it's worth it to me to risk that. Hey, to hey, do hey, hey. But, be, but, but be careful there, because their post on Twitter is real activism. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, it's. People have to come to a point where they realize doing what is right is more important than your own life. And I'm not saying be dumb about it, but make sure there's a good reason, you know, and don't be afraid. I mean, did anyone get picked up at lobby day either time? Not that I'm aware of, you know, maybe, but I didn't see it. Uh, on, on the first lobby day, one person was arrested, um, but it was an Antifa member for something that was beyond the norm. And then on our lobby day, uh, one protester, um, black protester was arrested and racially profiled doing the same thing we were doing that we were getting away with. They targeted one that was far away from everybody else. But other than that, no. We had a we thing after Garrett Foster. Um, if you want to get into that one, we can skip that one for now if you want. Um, we had a, a kid who was one of the black block guys. And I say kid because he might have been 18 or 19. And um he uh, was he got picked up for brandishing a weapon at an officer. I, that didn't happen. And I, I never heard anything. I talked to him once a few months later. And, um, you know, I, I never really heard anything. But that didn't happen. And we all saw it and knew it didn't happen. So here's the thing. They're grabbing this kid and taking his weapon. What can I? OK, I have the means to do something about this. But I also have to think, am I going to engage them and start a fucking excuse me, start a freaking war in Austin, you know? Um, and it's decisions like that. You've got to make on the fly. What was I supposed to do? You know? Um, I mean, it, it wouldn't have been any different if it had been one of us, because if I, if I go try to get him out of that, I've now started a gunfight that is going to domino effect and probably go everywhere. And that almost happened right then. Um, over something that, over, over something that is relatively a, a, a minor issue that could be solved, um, through eyewitness accounts. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really hoping this kid probably – he might have gotten a misdemeanor out of it. I don't think they convicted him. I'd have to ask, um, y- you know, and I'd have to look him up and track him down, and I've changed phones a few times. So, But what I'm getting at, do I let one guy go to jail, right, and do, do I let him go to jail, or do I start World War III? That's a question I've had to ask myself probably a dozen times. And I'm, I'm there – there, well, there's a time and a place for everything. It's like with my guys in Virginia, uh, I've had people ask me like, Mike, how did you plan knowing that, uh, you know, how, how did you keep it? So the FBI wouldn't know. And, and what I told them is number one, I accepted the fact that the feds knew they know the plan. They know where you're going to go. They know where you're going to protest. They know who's going to attend. I just accept that fact. I make one sole organizer of the protest. We show up and then I start doing random things. I march to a place that I've told nobody we were going to march to. 
I stand in a certain area. I do this. I do that. Everything at random from that point on. So all the feds know is that we're going to be here at this time, but they know nothing beyond that. They think we're just going to stand there and have a speech or something. And then I start throwing random things at that. There, there's a reason I'm saying this, but I lost my train of thought. So give me one second. Um, oh, so my guys who went with me into these protests, they went with the understanding that, hey, we're probably going to be arrested. And if they try to mass arrest all of us, we are going to resist completely. And we're going to use the Second Amendment the way it was intended to be used. Uh, but with that came the understanding of when and where and being prepared for these situations. So like when I was arrested in Newport News for open carrying a firearm, in my head, I thought about it. I thought to myself, mm, I can fight this officer. I'm going to become a martyr but it's not going to accomplish anything or I can pick my battle. I can go to jail. Now I showed up a week later with 50 guys armed to the teeth at the police headquarters, breaking the same law, doing the exact same thing, but with more firepower and men ready to fight and die right there in the street. And we got away with it. So I definitely agree with you picking a time and a place and, and weighing out the, the potential options. Well, and, and that's my thing is, you know, I can, I can, okay, I'm a witness. I can get this kid a lawyer. You know, I have a decent shot at getting him off. But what's going to happen when, I mean, dude, it would have been a bloodbath, you know? And I don't, I like, okay, I don't want that. Despite how I feel about the police, despite how I feel about these other political groups, I don't want to have to shoot somebody, you know? I'm going to defend myself, but I'm not here. If I, you know, and I told, one of those cops, because, you know, they you've heard the story. They drew down on us and we had a little standoff for about five minutes until thankfully Texas DPS intervened. And uh, which is why I had a lot of respect for them until the other week. Another we'll get to that later. Um, but they, they come up, the riot cops show up and they tell one of the watch sergeants there. Hey, you guys got to disperse. They're not breaking the law. You just assaulted all of them with a deadly weapon. All of you did this and we're going to start arresting you if you don't leave, you know, because I'm standing on the corner on public property, um, openly carrying a rifle. That's all legal. I'm not breaking the law. You have no reason to point a weapon at me. You know, the use of force is your, your use of force escalation here is all wrong. I haven't acted threatening. We've been, you know, smoking and joking with you guys. And I make a point of doing that too, because I don't want them to think that I'm, uh, uh, you know, Al Qaeda or something. I, you know, I talk to them. <laughs> bum on the, bum well, on the smoke. I'm I, I look at it as I'm not a threat to you until you are an active threat to me. And, you know, so then one of the that same sergeant comes over and shakes my hand and apologizes. And his name was Sergeant Campos. And I actually wrote him a letter of recommendation for that because he him talking to us like I did what I could to get my guys calmed down. Like I'm not their leader, but I'm, I'm I took the chance I had him coming over and apologizing really brought made them simmer down a lot. Um, and, you know. He said, well, you guys can't block the sidewalk. I'm like, you know, we weren't blocking the sidewalk. And I told him, I said, if we were here to hurt you, you wouldn't see us. And he's like, yeah, yeah and it, it would have already been. Low. I mean, he was a, he, he turned white as a sheet, you know? And he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And I'm like, yeah. And you know, there's a bunch of high rises and, and like construction sites around there. And it was like, homie, there's plenty of vantage points. Like if we were here to cause problems. Yeah, Like, like I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be standing here. <laughs> no, I damn sure wouldn't be wearing a Hawaiian shirt, you know? Um, and, and, and it's, it, the thing is like, don't go there to pick a fight uh, you like, people don't realize, I remember you're, there was some, you're going, kid up in, uh, you're, you're going there to make a statement. You're not going there to start a war. Uh, 
but at the same time, you do need to be prepared if something is to start. But yes, I agree with you. And do you remember it wasn't Teeter or Harris? There was some kid up in Minnesota I heard about that was like, he didn't know, for one, he didn't know how to take, he didn't know how to move the fire selector on an AK. He was carrying an AK. And then this news helicopter goes by and he's like, we should shoot the helicopter down. I wasn't there for that. I heard this secondhand and I don't like doing that, but I just hearing this story was like, wow, dude. Like, what is that going to accomplish? You know, do you want yeah, don't people- be that don't, don't be that type of person and don't be the person to have people like that on your team. No, I would have run that kid off that minute. I told him to go home. Like I'd have bought him a bus ticket. And as an aside, please be familiar with your weapon. I went to a protest in uh, Lexington, Kentucky uh, back. It was like November of 2020. And there were these guys there and like and they were cool, but they had like, you know, track suits and Chicom rigs and AKs. This one dude had a really nice Arsenal 107. And um, his mag wasn't seated properly, right? And, that, you know, if you're new to the platform, that's an easy mistake to make. I was like, hey, man, can I see that AK for a minute and act like I'm just checking it out? So I pulled the mag out and reseat it, you know, and I handed it back to him. And he just, like, didn't even realize, you know, like, what if you had needed that, right? Yeah. What if, you, you know, you would have gotten one round off and then the weapon would have malfunctioned. So, again, you know, get back to, like, ba- like basic fundamental stuff, like, know your web know your weapon platform you know have an idea in your head you guys need to sit down before you go out somewhere before you go out to the bar okay if this happens we're gonna do this right yeah if, correct if someone drives by uh let's say there's a drive-by at a protest that's I'm, I'm honestly more afraid of an active shooter at a protest than i am anyone else um either somebody that just wants to be on the news or political opposition or what okay someone drives by and lights us up with a nine mil what are we gonna do so do we return fire? Well, think about this. You have a, you know, what's your backstop? You have other, you have other people around bystanders. Um, so if you can get a shot, do you return fire? You know, whatever. Um, all right. So you've, okay. So we were past that. The guys come by, he's lit us up. He's moved on. What are we going to do now? Well, you and I know we're going to set security in case he comes back. Yeah. So, uh, so the point being, uh, be prepared for every potential outcome every possible outcome um, and, and be, be ready to, to embrace those outcomes. Um, and I hate to cut it to you. I'm just trying to keep this thing on track. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, so uh, I think one of the other questions I had, because I, I'm limited on time here and I, I want to get these questions in is uh, when it comes to the movement, and in my goal in 2020 was to unite the left and the right. I wanted to bring people together. I wanted to bridge the gap between race. I wanted to bridge the gap between political ideologies. And I did. I did that very well. My question is, well, not my question, but, but one, of our, one of our listeners uh, who asked some questions before, before this, one of the questions is, what do you think, Ken, uh, concerning left and right unity because now the boogaloo movement is centered upon a lot of it is catering to the left liberals uh leftist ideology communist anarchist and i'm not hearing anybody and i haven't for a year those same ones crying for let's stand with antifa and blm are not willing to go provide security at a right-wing protest. Uh, and, and that is peak hypocrisy because both sides have the right to speak and both sides deserve their security. Uh, they, they should be protected from the police. Uh, and, and what are your thoughts regarding left and right unity? 
so that's caused, you know, bottom unity, they call it um, political compass. The libertarian types are on the bottom, right? Yeah, yeah, um, I'm tracking on that. I think for us, it's backfired uh, because now I've got people trying to be the thought police. At the same time, as much as the leftists are, because I've picked on them, the writers, like the right wingers can be a problem too. I don't want to hear your thoughts on eugenics. You know, I'm not going with you to, to protest a Planned Parenthood. I mean, I, I'm not going to get into that one, but like, will I provide security for you? Absolutely. And Bingo. It, it wasn't about people. People get this mixed up going to the BLM stuff. The reason we did that is because they were the ones at most risk. People didn't like them. They they were the ones people were making open threats about on face. I'm going to go down there with my rifle and blah, blah, blah. They have every right to be there. They have every and if if we start allowing people to affect their right to assemble, their right to protest, then right we allow to ourselves to be affected. Exactly. Then we do it for everyone. And, you know, a lot of these guys, I mean, did you see that kid that was at the at the the NRA convention the other day talking about what are you, you know, with it, like you were back in the blue with Antifa and BLM and had an anti-fascist shirt on. How are you going to say you're an anti-fascist and want to disarm the public? But I mean, oh, yeah, we had that discussion on um, one of my other podcasts about the irony behind that. Um, and, and how uh, speaking of, I want to make a quick point here. The NRA literally had a sign, an NRA sponsored sign on one of their areas that said no weapons allowed. And I just want yeah. to think about how ironical, not, ironical is not a word, how ironic that is, how idiotic that is, how stupid that is. And I do want to note here for anybody listening, if you are an active NRA member, I encourage you, I encourage you to use the money that you are spending on an NRA membership, take it and use it as toilet paper because it will be worth more. I promise you. What's the, what's the membership? My dad had a membership uh, just because I wanted to read the magazines when I was like 14. Isn't it like $35 a month? Um, I can tell you in about uh, 15 seconds. Well, either way, I was going to say, you know, take that money and go buy a PMAG once a month, you know, like go buy, go buy batteries for your optic. Like, you know, I don't know, get your, get your wife's oil changed early, like anything, dude. Like, you know, I have a lot of problems with the NRA first and foremost, that they don't really do what they're there for. They say they're there for to, yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're not lobbying against gun bills. They're letting them go. And okay. Yeah. We can negotiate your rights. Well, away. Well, it's, it's all, it's all boiled down to compromise. It, it's, it's, and, and we've always lost on those compromisations. We've never tried to push positive agendas. Now the NRA full payment life membership is $50 down and then 58 monthly payments of 25 a piece, uh, which is considered their life, their life membership. Um, but yeah. And, and that conversation regarding, uh, you know, gun lobbyists, I think we're going to say for another podcast, but, but I do understand where you're coming from. And I agree. Do we still have time to talk about the other thing? About the, uh, the movement? Uh, we, we were going to talk about, Oh, uh, uh, no, I think we're going to skip that subject on this podcast and we're going to catch it in a future one. For sure, man. But yeah, if that, I mean, because I, I try to keep all my my podcasts cut to a certain time. Um, so we're definitely going to discuss the second subject as well. Um, but I do want to say, first and foremost, Ken, uh, thank you for coming on here. Um, thank you for having this conversation. Uh, it's been more of a instead of questions being asked, it's been more of just a rant verse and discussion between the two of us concerning our past involvement in the movement and present involvement. I want to say thank you for that. 
I, I want to say thank you for being a friend. Um, I also want you to shout out whatever social media you have. Um, while also I'm going to shout my stuff out. Uh, if you're listening to this through anchor, uh, you can sign up for monthly uh, contributions on the anchor app. Um, if you're listening to this on Spotify in the description, my PayPal and my cash app uh, are both there. I'm currently in Ukraine. Everything brought in is used uh, to what I'm doing here in Ukraine and also allows me to keep um, making podcasts. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I just want you to put in a plug for yourself, Ken. Yeah. So uh, my TikTok is absolute Ken 1911. And that's the only social media I'm really public on. If you find me on Facebook, I'm going to use the bathroom in your car. Um, <laughs> thanks for having me, dude. Yeah. I, I, thanks for having me, man. I needed something to do, you know, broke on, broke down on the side of the road in Colorado. So. I, I, I understand, understand, man. And I, I like I said, I appreciate having you. Um, I'm sure that this, this collaboration is going to piss some people off. Um, I welcome the, uh, the questions that will arise from this. Uh, I hope to have you on again in the future where we can have an even more constructive conversation because we, we won't only in the future in, in this podcast, we've kind of discussed a lot of the problems and we've offered a few solutions, but on our next podcast where I'll invite you on. I want to have a podcast where we sit down and discuss solutions to these problems. Um, So I I definitely look forward to that. I appreciate your time. I appreciate the conversation. Um, And once again, uh, thank you to my listeners. Please like, subscribe, follow, share, whatever you're going to do. You can find us on TikTok as well under Armed and Dedicated, I think four, Armed and Dedicated four, because I keep getting banned. Um, So be sure to share this with your friends. And uh, thank you guys for giving a listen. I'll catch you later, Ken. See ya.